This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, that's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. 
They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Those aluminum cans that comes in are recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities so they won't just end up in your local landfill like plastic bottles. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundy's, or Hy-Vee, or find Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com front slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com front slash film study. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for part two of the offensive discussion, the offense discussion, not the offensive discussion, the offense (laughs) discussion with Sarah Ellison here. Uh, Had some great talk about Lamar and uh, on the Ravens scheme in the first one. Outstanding points. A lot of great stuff from Sarah in particular. Uh, uh, Bateman, her her love of of Bateman is, is, goes, runs very deep right now. And, uh, uh, I think everybody in uh, in Baltimore has that same kind of man crush right now, but lots of stuff to talk about. So if you haven't seen part one yet, go back and, and download that and make sure you give that a listen. Uh, let's move on a little bit, though, in this episode and, and talk about the offensive line, if that's okay, Sarah. Yeah, I've actually been very curious. Uh, I always like hearing your stuff. I mean, I, I can – I watch the film – and uh but i don't have the number the grading system that you have so i'm very curious about your grades and then i'm happy to give some some commentary on it but but i just can't wait to hear all your grades here okay really appreciate it. of course we talked a little bit in the first episode about how there were no hits of lamar jackson all day and obviously if there are no hits there are no sacks because quarterback hits are a subset of sacks uh, almost that's not always true because you can push a quarterback out of bounds but we're not getting into technicalities here there were no penalties for the second consecutive game for the offensive line. This is a really big step forward. I don't know what they've done, what kind of point of emphasis, but two straight games without an offensive line penalty no holds. Uh, you know, they, they, they certainly rushed uh, plenty in this game. Miami did, as we talked about. Um, but they, they avoided the big negative numbers that come in the scoring system. And therefore, all the grades are various degrees of pretty good. And we'll, we'll talk through them here in a minute. Uh, Patrick McCary at left tackle. I use a three-second standard for pressure, so I always uh, allocate a few more pressures than PFF will with their two-and-a-half-second standard. 2.33 pressures in this game. And, and the point we made in the, in, the, in the earlier show was that there were some slow-death pressures uh, that we've seen with Ronnie Stanley in the past. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we already talked about it at the top. I don't have anything to repeat. I would just, I mean, say, I would just be repeating myself on, on that. Um, it, like the, the, the slow death pressures work well with Lamar Jackson. And, um, and he, he just, he boggles my mind. Patrick McCary boggles my mind that he can come into almost any situation and you feel pretty comfortable and it's not Ronnie Stanley out there. Um, but you feel good about this pairing with, with Lamar Jackson. And this is why he got paid. Ken, this is why he got paid. It's, you knew he was going to come in and you knew he was going to play a lot. You just weren't sure which position it would be. Um, and so to have your left tackle number three come in and play um, as well as he did, which is not an A game, but mm-hmm. certainly a game that gets the job done um, and you can reliably get the job done, this is why you pay him. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had a really uneven performance last year at right tackle, but he had several A games. And 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 I'm, by the way, 
I score this every week, so I know there's a lot of variation from game to game. It is normal. It's it's just like hitters go three for four with two homers one day, and the next next day they draw a collar, they go for four, and and you, you accept that variation in baseball. Well, this is a hits per at bat profession, which is uh, for uh, for the offensive line because you get about a thousand at bats every year in terms of uh, if you're a regular of trying to make good blocks. And and McCary had some A games and he had some F games last year, and he averaged out to about a C or C minus for the year at right tackle, which. I thought was exceptionally good coming in and and having the limitations he does and being able to play that position fairly well. The the left tackle I'm more impressed in terms of him having even a single game at a C level here I thought was was good and I believe his last game he had a C or a C minus and I'm I'm not don't have my grade right in front of me it was only 28 snaps so you kind of worry about the about the snap total but he's now up around 80 snaps which is slightly over a full game of uh, production at a C level that's. Uh, if the Ravens could get that, they, they'd sign on the dotted line for that right now. Right, right. The the one play that really sticks out of my mind is not good, and I want to hear about mm-hmm. his um, rush rush blocking from UKEN. But from the passing point of view, you're right. It's usually slow death stuff. There was one where it wasn't slow death, and I think it was when – I think it was the likely pass that we were talking about that if they had converted, maybe they could have gone ahead and drained the clock. But I'm pretty sure – that McCary just like the guy just was so fast. He just blew past McCary and that pushed Lamar out um, to the left. And it might've been McCary that they originally threw the flag on because the guy blew by him so fast that he tried to like stop him to me. It could have been a flag because it did look like he hooked his arm a little bit, but he also tried to release really quick. Um, So that was the one in the passing game that wasn't like the slow death pressure that it just looked like he just got beat and had no answer. Yeah, that was Melvin Ingram. So he's been around the league a long time. And, uh, you know, it was a guy the Ravens considered this offseason as being an extra uh, guy who could rush the passer from the outside, from the edge. Uh, he, he had a good game against the Ravens, I thought, in terms of, of, of what he did. But that play against McCary definitely had uh, a good rush on, on him on that one. And it was a minus two. It was one of his two, two big pressures. So uh, he had two shares of penetrations on runs for loss. So that was that was a, a part of it as well. And obviously the Ravens had some problems there, but uh, he wasn't perfect in that regard. Um, uh, I would think if he's playing on the inside, that's a place where he can really help you. Uh, resolving double teams quickly, especially, or, or being the back end or front end of double teams. A tackle doesn't work as well. So he's he's got to do more to block out the sun, to be able to kick out a guy and really control him. Uh, McCary is okay at that. He's, he's not... He's not going to be the ideal guy for that position. And I hope the Ravens run game can still function with him there. Now, most of the Ravens running is to the right. They have the right-handed run game. So, so you're going to, we're going to see more of that, but he still needs to do some things. And, and he's a very, um, uh, what's the word for it? Resourceful blocker in terms of his ability to make a play on the backside. Now, Ronnie Stanley could do that, but McCary goes more to the cut block on the backside of run play. So he'll hopefully provide the Ravens something there. All right. Tell me about Powers. I, I'm very interested in, in, in him. I, I want to okay. talk to you a little bit. I want to hear your grades and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. Well, you're looking at it. So I can tell you what your quite, I can guess what your question is. Really great recovery for Powers from a, from a very poor week one. He's by far the lowest graded lineman for the Ravens in week one. There seems to be a thing online that if you watch Twitter, everybody will beat on the guy who was really bad last week. There, there's like okay. a, just like a delay going <laughs> yeah. on here. Powers actually played very well after not playing well the previous week. Okay, and I understand there's there's a general dislike of Powers. There's a feeling in general that 
I, I think that Cleveland is the guy, and I, 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 you can count me among those that I, I, on the balance of evidence, I would still say Cleveland is probably the better choice with the current mix of personnel they have. But I thought Powers deserves no discredit for this game. He did not allow any sort of a pressure event or share. He did miss five blocks. He made eight out of his 10 pulls. And by the way, the first week against the Jets, he had eight pulls and got a net of zero points on those. Those included two pressures on pass plays when he pulled, uh, you know, and, and he got zero net points on those. Uh, this time, eight out of 10, so really good. And if you look at the 79-yard the run by Lamar, you know, one of the key run plays oh, in the yeah, game for yeah, the Raiders, yeah, yeah. the key play. Yeah, yeah. Um, Powers blocks two guys on his pull. He was so- phenomenal on that play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, real quick, define for me, uh, define for me, when you say there's five missed blocks. Yes. What does that look like? Well, how do you I, determine that somebody missed a block? I can I can tell you the action verbs that went with each of these. So I'll read them okay. to you really quickly. Okay, so uh, uh, three quarters of the way through the first drive, there's an RL0. It's uh, Powers backed up by 92. That's Sealer. Got him. Uh, he didn't have another one until near the end of quarter three. Uh, 72 failed to pick up Blitz 55. Okay. okay. I hope I'm reading this on the correct line. Yes, I am. Okay. Maureen writes so nice. I could never read this if of my own writing. Third play a Q4, L2NB. That means he moved into the second level and was not able to find a block. Happens okay. happens a fair amount, but it's it's actually one of the less bad kind of blocks. Then he missed a pull on an R on a, on a run right for minus two, but he did not get a share of that penetration. So it was a pull no block for him, but there were actually were missed blocks from both Zeitler and Moses that contributed to the RR minus one. So it was just a missed pull. Then he had another missed pull on another on an RL minus one, where it was a just a pull no block, but it was really Ricard who failed to maintain his block on Ingram that that cost him the play. So that gives you an idea. Um, he had three blocks that were the three misses that were not even losses at the line of scrimmage. They were two losses on poles and one on um, uh, an L two NB. That's actually good, and that's one of the distinctions I make in the article. Usually, if you get beat at the line of scrimmage, it's usually because you got you got shed or you got bold or you got any number of things where you might disrupt a play. Um, but he didn't. He he had two of those among his among his five. So that's actually pretty good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious if it was like. The way you explained, answered my question of like, like it just is legit missed block. It wasn't like a poor block that he got blown up on or something like that. He just missed the block. Like he missed somebody or a block that he was supposed to go and make. So It can just be a poor block. I mean, one of them, we got backed up by Sealer. It didn't really cause any damage on the play in terms of a loss on it. But uh, Oh, it can be. So if he yeah. gets blown up and he gets pushed back, that's that's a missed block. It'll it'll be a zero unless it's worse, unless it's a, a pressure or or a penetration, and then it, in, the, in which case it's even worse. It'll be a okay. negative number. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was going to talk to you about was was this idea with Cleveland. Um, like, listen, for sure, his standout play was that pull on Lamar's seventy nine yard run. That was uh, absolutely mm-hmm. key in that in that sequence. Um, and and I've just like with the rest of the line, I'm very happy with the pass blocking and so obviously everybody's looking for solutions to get this run game going jk dobbins ronnie stanley um nick boyle and then cleveland is part of that is cleveland bringing in so my question to you is is how has cleveland graded in pass blocking in the bet in the past so i guess what i'm saying is if if they're somewhat even in pass blocking then cool let's go with cleveland because he's the superior rush blocker 
But if he's a step, a big step down from Powers in pass blocking, I don't know if it's if it's worth the change. Um, okay, first of all, let me correct a mistake because I have this on my sheet. I said no pressure events. He actually shared one pressure three ways, so he had a third of a pressure in this game. So let's set that okay. to bed before before I somebody calls me on it. Because one thing I find, and you probably are, are getting this now from your show with Bobby, is that. People remember what you say. They want to quote you, and they say, "Wait a minute! In week three, you said..." Blah, 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 yeah. blah. <laughs> so, so I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong on that. So, so regarding the Cleveland being the the better blocker, uh, run or pass, let's start with Cleveland was the Ravens' most effective lineman during the preseason. It wasn't really close, although he was. You have to take context into account. Powers played against first string players, played very limited snaps, like all the starters did. Um, or, or none in some cases. And and Cleveland played all the way till the end of games. And frankly, I think was in a little bit of the penalty box situation with Harbaugh in terms of where he was going to see action this year and, and if he was going to see action after coming to camp out of shape. So is he, the, is he the better pass blocker? There's one thing he does much better than Powers as a pass blocker, and that is um, process from inside out. He's a, he's much better at delivering a faster help block than Powers is. Powers even had some times in this game where he didn't really get graded down, but probably should have given a help block quicker, processed quicker from inside out to help McCarry. Um, I, I I think that's could be quite valuable to the Ravens with McCarry at left tackle as they face some really high end pass rushers. So I think that Cleveland make good sense for that. In terms of push. Um, I think he can definitely get more than Powers. Uh, he's a much bigger man. Um, he's a he's a very physical finishing run blocker. Powers has a little bit of that. Cleveland has a lot of that. So uh, I I I, I want to see you know I, on the balance of evidence right now, um, Powers is the more accomplished puller. Uh, he's he's been more able to do it more regularly. The, casting aside that that week one uh, debacle against the Jets and getting zero points on eight pulls. Um, Powers has is the better athlete, even though it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes he moves around like Frankenstein, but he's much faster uh, than, than 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 Powers is. Sorry, Cleveland is much faster than Powers. I don't know if I said that properly. Uh, I got you. I got you. So uh, I I think that with the proper coaching, he could probably be as good a puller as Ben has been, uh, and he Giffen gives you more in terms of being next to two smaller guys now with McCary and Linderbaum who don't provide you all that much push and could really use a very big body in there at left guard. So long story. No, no, I like it. So just on the whole, as a pass blocker, you still give Cleveland an edge? I, it's, it's, it's close. I give you, I give you one thing he did better. I don't know that I would say definitely he's better okay. than powers as a pass blocker overall. So maybe even. All right. That's enough for me to make the, the switch too. Uh, but, right. but yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get those, those polls up to, up to standard though. I don't know that anybody, either of those two were as good as Bozeman was. No, um, Bozeman was really yeah, special. He was he was a special puller. Okay, I'm very interested in Linderbaum. Let's do Linderbaum next. Let me okay, hear you on so your grades on him. He had one very tough grade situation, and this just happens. I want the system to be the system. I don't want the system to uh, reflect things uh, inaccurately. I, sorry, I, I don't want the, the system to reflect differently on different players. There was one tough play in here, which would have changed his grade up to a, to a C, but he got a D plus as it turned out. Uh, didn't really show up with any mobility in this game. That was a problem. Only one level two block and zero of one on poles. Uh, he did give up two pressures in the game, and that's one plus two times a half. This is where he got a very tough half pressure, which ends up costing him two points. Near the end of the game, there's a PD by Ingram, who's over top of both him and Zeitler, I believe. I believe it's Zeitler. Yeah, it's not Powers, it's Zeitler. And so they're they're basically opposite um, Ingram, ready to block him, but not engaging, 
Okay, if you engage that player, yeah, you 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 go out a little further, and and you might be taking some risk in theory. But there's two of them, and you know, you give a you deliver a blow to the midsection, you probably reduce the chance that his arms get up and and get the PD made. Um, it's a tough call given the separation on that play. If they were together, you know, if they were if they were engaged at the time, and Ingram still got his hands up, I feel even better about the score. But in this case, he lost two points off his score, and. If you want to believe that that should have been scored that way, just give him a C in your own mind. It's what I'm going to tell you because that's what that's what he would have ended up uh, instead of a D plus had he uh, had he not gotten charged for that. And so that's that's fine if you want to do that. Um, he did have seven misses. Uh, I, I'm not going to go through the action verbs since I want to you know respect your time you. here, yeah, Sarah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, th- if if we were doing this, we we're going to only do it for one player. I'd have done it for Linderbaum here. Uh, a fair amount of being shed, um, some slippage and shed. When you, see, when you see those two things happen, oftentimes slips is being shed. It's, it's you know, you went to the ground and, and it wasn't just a matter of you going to the ground. Somebody pushed you to the ground and it's not always visible inside chaotic offensive line play uh, to see exactly how it occurred. Um, he wasn't giving the Ravens very much in short yardage. Um, he was part of the problem. Uh, and in some cases, he managed to slip through into level two where that's not his job. Um, I don't believe. So you know, if, if you're in short yardage, move one of those guys. Don't try and move into level two and look for a block. And he right, wasn't really, right. yeah, so he, was, he was just. It's one at a time here. One yes. at a time. You don't go to level two without taking care of level one first. Yeah. Oh, I the, the play, I don't know if you saw the angle of Lamar's big run um, from the NFL, from the end zone where Lamar's running at the camera and Lamar's just, you know, doing his thing. But in the back, here comes Linderbaum. He is running his heart out following Lamar all the way there. And I was like, that's Linderbaum for you. So, okay, so here's the question, Ken. I feel like we've reversed roles during the offensive line, but I feel like the way that's the way it's going to be. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I just feel like you have so much good information on offensive line. And depending on your guests, there's some people that really can talk offensive line with you. And you're still trying to ask them questions and they just don't like, I just want to reverse it because I'm just not an offensive line expert. So I appreciate you. Let me reverse the roles here. Okay. So here's the question with Linderbaum's mistakes that you've seen through two weeks. Are they rookie mistakes or are they size mistakes? Yeah. There's like, the, like him being undersized. So some, some of both. Um, okay. First of all, I think his snaps have generally been pretty good. One one kind of weak snap in two games that ended up messing up a a, a, a read option play. Uh, but otherwise, okay. I thought that that uh, he's looked pretty good in terms of the snaps. That's that's probably the most important place to start, and there almost should be a, a positive adjustment I give him just for that on on a game by game basis. Maybe I should think about doing that next year or changing the system zone to reflect it. But. Um, it's been some of both. Um, I, I would say most, most of the times he knows what he has to do. He does some, he does some things where he thinks he's resolved a double team before he really has. Um, he's done a little bit of moving to level two that I think can be coached to be better, but then he's got some other things that are happening where he's just really off balance as a pass blocker. That's a function of size. And, uh, it's, it's some length and, and some size, both. Uh, I think his, what he does to try and make up for having very short arms, uh, he's done some 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 good things. If if you're really talking about overall correctability yet, my honest answer has to be saying I don't know yet. Let's give him about six games, and we'll see you know more of this. So far, we've seen a Dolphins offense that was packed so tight to the line of scrimmage it does not play well in a Linderbaum. We've seen a very wet game at New York. 
Um, he's had big bodies in both games. Now he's going to face a lot Huge of big bodies, bodies yeah. in the NFL. But yeah, Jenkins, um, Jenkins is a big, big dude. He's a big dude, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, he's uh, so anyway. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm scheduled to come back week seven. So by then, yeah, we that, should talk that then. answer. That yeah. answer can maybe or the question can be answered. Okay, it's a great question, by the way. Yeah, Zeitler, a little step back, but I'm not concerned about him. Tell me your grades on him. Okay, so half a penetration, two and a third pressures, which is kind of a lot for him. Uh, but he did make five level two blocks. He was the only one who really was getting the level two, resolving double teams, getting up there. Had two highlight combination blocks among those, two of three on poles, which is okay, not great. Uh, a B minus game overall. The pressures were the biggest problem with Zeitler. This is not a, not usual to see him have this kind of problems in pass protection. Uh, we, most of his matchups are one-on-one. Being a three tech, he gets a lot of, sorry, being a guard, he gets a lot of three-tech one-on-one matchups, and he's very good at those. So um, it's a little bit of a down game, but hey, a B-minus, and you're worried about it for Zeitler, it's like being worried about a Yonda B-minus. Right, right, right. Uh, One thing that I would like to see more of is the Ravens, in the last couple of years, will really have been this right-handed running team. Mm -hmm. And if there's any place right now where I want to see more push, it's on that right side, because you have your two veterans in Zeitler and Moses, We've been talking about how good Moses or Powers is at pulling. He's a left guard, so he's pulling to the right. So I'm just like, why can't this combination of Powers, Zeitler, and Moses create more room over on that right side? Yeah, I mean they're they're trying to do that. Um, you know, they, they they pulled 16 times in this game. Eight of those were Powers. Uh, they had the few pulls to the left. So. Uh, it's you, you have diagnosed it exactly. You're describing it exactly as they really try and run it. Um, I don't think they'll, they're going to be trying to run left too much this year with with McCary currently on that left side. And right. uh, Powers is not the ideal guy Cleveland could be to open the front gate. So meaning meaning you need a pivot guy at guard to be able to turn one lineman inside while the other gets kicked out. Usually, sometimes you also try and seal on that side, but usually it's a it's a kick out play. Um, that you're trying to do if you're pulling somebody from right to left. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll see um, uh, more runs to the right and more effectiveness there. Uh, Moses, though he scored very well in this game, has probably been a little bit less mobile than I've hoped. He's certainly, while he's a big guy, uh, he, he doesn't quite have the um, seal ability that I would ascribe to say an Orlando Brown in terms of his ability to get up even half a level and really seal off the side uh, on, on the right, seal off the inside. Yeah. I'm sure it was great running behind Orlando Brown. Yeah. Okay. So Moses, you don't have a grade here. I, I, he got an A on the game. He was the highest oh, graded did. of them all. Very a p- pillar of uh, efficiency, redirected rushers around the pocket, real good pass blocking game. He had a lot of help against the Jets, a little bit less help in week two, but still some. Uh, no pressure events in the game. He did have two shared penetrations. Those were his only negatives. Uh, and uh, missed two blocks. That's really hard for a tackle to do because when plays go to the other side, tackles usually have to do something special. He's not a cut blocker. He's not going to ever be a guy who goes to the ground. And I, the Ravens shouldn't want him to, uh, given how important he is to this offense. All right. And then Philele, I swear one of those times they were going to use him yep. as a receiver. But I still think that they're setting somebody up. They're setting somebody up. He is going to get a touchdown by the end of this year. Yeah, he's got the Nada role right now, so he's in yeah. there on these as a sixth offensive lineman in short yardage situations. And you know, Holodi Nada famously had that for for a period between 08 and ten. And then I don't know if you know this, but on ten ten ten, that was the date. Uh, 
Haloti Nada on the Ravens' first drive of the game got down to the goal line and and they and they ran him at a pattern on the end zone and he got injured and he lost his start that day because of that and then they really almost discontinued entirely the practice of using Nada on offense all because of one effectively one play it's been so effective the McGahey stretch play to Nada's side it was bread and butter on the goal line and short yardage and you know it was it was a thing thing of beauty but then Nada ran about four patterns over his career and and okay. uh, uh, you know that didn't work out nearly as well including that <laughs> uh, that one play but One of these I, times. I swear you're an encyclopedia, though, Ken. I, 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 I agree, though. I did not though. know 10, 10, 10. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you that, uh, that uh, who's, the, who's the politician, Kane, 999? There's oh, some, some tax planners. Yeah. Anyway, he's <laughs> a far right guy. Uh, uh, Lele, uh had, uh, uh, what I want to say about him. I, I, he was he was very slow off the snap on one play, which is his only missed block that I that I scored him for. I, I don't know if there's any more depth to go into than that, but he's for him to be effective, they're going to have to find some sort of trickeration that they can use with him uh, specifically. And Harbaugh, I think you you're, you're very good on catching the the interviews, but didn't Harbaugh say something about needing to be more tricky, not just uh, run straight ahead? Well. Kind of, yes. Um, this gets into, if we can, the kind of short yardage situations that I think a lot of people are talking about right now. So um, he basically said, here's what he, here, here was the bottom line. We've got to convert. We've got to convert on these third and ones, fourth and ones, second and ones, whatever, whatever it is. Like, you've got to convert. And his point, and I said the same thing in my podcast as part of the instant reaction, is that, yes. He said, whether, he said, whether we convert with more creativity, so he specifically brought that up, which is not what he always said. He never bring, he, it's rare for him to bring up coordinator type stuff, right? Um, and he didn't. It was small, but he did put it in there. So I definitely, my ears perked up when he said that. So I agree that there needs to be more creativity in those short yardage situations. Although I don't think Roman's getting credit for the creativity he did have, which I'll point out in just a minute. But he also said, and I 100% agree with this. He said, you know, sometimes it's not going to work to just run it into the teeth of the defense and you got to be creative. But sometimes you just have to run into the, te- into the teeth of the defense anyway. And we've done that many times over the years and we still convert. And I feel like, I feel like people are obviously latching onto the creativity part, which I do agree with, but not enough people are latching onto the part that it's like, guys, if you're third and one and your your identity is bully ball, you you can't be saying to, to Roman every single time, don't run it up the middle. You have to. That is foundational. Mm-hmm. It is foundational that without creativity, without trickery, that you're able to take your team on third and one and get the yard. You've got to do that, in my view, what, 70, 80% of the time? Like sure. you got, you gotta, you gotta do it without the creativity. So, uh, so I'm just a little bit, I don't know, like, yeah, there needs to be creativity, but there's a, but there's a, but, but you have to address this issue too. Greg Roman can't say, oh, okay, I'm not going to run into the teeth of the defense anymore. You're not going to succeed that way. There's something else that has to be get, that get fixed, whether it's Linderbaum getting pushed or getting pushed or powers or putting in Cleveland or bringing in Nick Boyle, but you have to be able to do it without the trickery. 
Yeah, the, the team really misses Nick Boyle in terms of having the extra blocker. By the way, we didn't really get into that on this show, but I'm sure we will in future weeks. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel the need to get it. I, I, I'll say this: I, I look at this as being more like a poker game. I, I, I want to force the defense to not just defend the sneak. So that involves having Ricard throw, run as if he's throwing a block on a on an edge player of some sort, and that may be a safety in this situation, block him and then continue to go, pretend to miss the block, continue to go out and be ready to take that pass. I want to see Fa'alele uh, do some Jackie Smith move. Jackie Smith, tight end from the 70s. A lot of players at one time held the record for the most touchdowns by a tight end, but he was known for a particular play where he would pretend to stumble to the ground on his initial block and then he would get up and go free. And I said, you know, a slower uh, white tight end uh, who who uh, made best use of his of his trickery to, to to get free and make some touchdown catches, but but I I want to see some other plays I can use. I thought the one thing they they really did that was nice and it also takes it off Lamar's plate is is using Andrews in that regard to to take a snap on right. the center. Well, that's the thing. So that's what that's where I don't think uh, Roman is getting the credit for the creativity he did use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came up with I went through the play by play. There were twelve short yardage plays, meaning an and one play. You just needed wow. one yard. Whether 12 first, in this game? 12. Yes, 12. So on nine of them, Roman ran, and one of them was a punt. Okay, so I'm going to take out the punt, mm-hmm. okay? And so that takes you to 11, and it was a ratio of nine to two. So um, one of the two was the Hail Mary that Roman was forced to do. He had a Hail Mary to – uh, Rashad Bateman with on the last play of the game. So Andrews you know, TD. And then there was Andrews TD, which worked phenomenally. Not only was Andrews wide open, but if Andrews happened to be picked up, Ricard was wide open too. Yeah, <laughs> so. we, we mentioned this in the first show, but uh 10 man pass rush by the Dolphins there. So somebody missed their assignment. Somebody did not do what they were supposed to do. Yeah, not, well they were all keyed in on Lamar. <laughs> they were all keyed in on Lamar. Yeah. And and why wouldn't they be I mean Roman had tried <laughs> to use Lamar several times, plus he's Lamar. So, so point being is I agree. There was too much, like they're clearly anticipating the run. There have been so many times where the run didn't work, although a few times it did. So he did use creativity though. So the times that it did convert, I want to give him credit for his creativity. It was the Andrews tight end where everybody bit on Lamar. Then he used Ricard, which is not a running back. He converted one time with five yards. And then there was the Andrews direct snap, which did convert. So, so I'm not going to pretend there was no creativity because he did. And plus, let's not forget about the creativity on Lamar's big 79-yard run. He mm-hmm. had two people motioning, and everybody bid on that. And Lamar was never touched. Lamar's sensational, but you also have to give credit to the scheme on that because he was never touched. Everybody bit, and nobody, nobody stayed back for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> That's how good they bit on those two motions to the right. So um, the, the, the creativity I already pointed out on the, on, on Bateman's 75 yard, uh, pass, pass and catch and touchdown. That was a major creativity. So I don't like people saying that. I don't know, or I shouldn't say everybody can say whatever they want. I disagree with people saying that, um, Roman wasn't creative. That being said, I think he could have been more creative in these short, um, these short yardage situations, especially probably the one that's most egregious to me is, and I also didn't agree with Harbaugh, I wouldn't have gone for that first in on the last fourth when you're at the Miami 40 with about nine minutes left. It's not that I think he's crazy. I think that 
listen, you can see that the defense is getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, if I can convert this, I'm helping my defense out. And so I, I don't mind the call, but to me, based off of what was happening in these short yarded situations, I would have gone with my gut and said, we're just not doing it. So instead of giving Miami the short field, I'm going to go ahead and punt it and try to pin them back to drain more clock usage. But if you 58 are yard go field it, goal, would you have done that? Uh, nine minutes. I mean, knowing the, the, the hindsight, sure. Um, but I, I, in my mind at the time, my gut was to punt it in that situation. But I hadn't thought about kicking the field goal. Um, okay. and, and so so anyway, and then on that one, if you are going to go with it, at that point, Greg Roman sees that his the passing is working. The short yardage runs are not working at all. He should know it by at that point with the game pretty much on the line to do something more creative there. So if there's if there something I was going to disagree with like more passionately – is with Harbaugh going for it and then the play call that was used. Okay, so I, what I would say about this is you didn't have to be right very much of the time to want to go for it on fourth down there. And and it sure, the whole playbook's open as far as I'm concerned in terms of what you might want to throw on a pass like that. If they want to effectively bring up everybody like it's a cover zero, then you go ahead and you throw some kind of a little slanty pass and you take your 72% chance that it gets completed and you live with that. But they didn't need to be 90% to make that or 80% to make that. Um, they needed, you know, maybe 65, maybe less in terms of a, of, a, of a risk of making that because the Ravens could not stop Miami no matter how, no matter what. And and I don't think giving them a longer field was honestly going to help. I think it was maybe going to create a more tired defense, but I don't think it was going to help necessarily in stopping. And we certainly didn't see them get stopped even from long range in those last few minutes. Right. So would you have kicked the field goal? No, I, I would have gone for it. You would have gone for it. I yeah. knew you would. I'm sure all analytics people would say you should. Um, and so that's why I don't think it's crazy that he went for it. Um, but but it just knowing what knowing how many times they had failed. To me, it's more you got to bring in your gut as a coach and not just do analytics. And, and they had just failed so many times. Unless you've got a play in your pocket that you know, you know, that is mm -hmm. is, is going to work in. And it, Lamar running hadn't been working on those short yard situations, so so that's what I didn't like. All right, well, I mean that's it's it's very valid opinion. So it's a, it's it's we're talking about what creativity needs to be used, and to know what right. creativity you can use, you kind of have to get a good sense of what your break even is on on what you have to see see to. Because most most short yardage plays are not passes because passes have a have a, 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 a completion percentage that's below the threshold. And so they, they, you know, you don't, you run more than you, than you pass on those. All right. Let's, let's turn it around again uh, on the show in terms of skill position players. Let's talk about a few that uh, if, if we've, if you think we've covered people in, in total already, we don't have to do that. But Sarah, I want to give you the chance to go first. Talk about a player whose performance you really liked and I'll kind of respond. Well, we covered Bateman. So I'm not going to go back to that. Um, I'll go with likely. Um, I thought that he had nice improvement over week one. Um, and like you said, they use him not like a traditional tight end. He's, this is like the shortcut to a, a bigger wide receiver type type situation. Um, his first regular season NFL catch, I believe went for 20 plus, right? Something, something big. Um, so, uh, 
I, I feel like that was a nice step forward. No penalties. Thank you. I say mm-hmm. likely. We don't need any plays being called back with, with, you know, terrible holding calls on the outside. So I thought it was a nice improvement. I would have liked to have seen, even though it wasn't a great pass from Lamar, I would have liked to have seen him haul in that kind of high pass. Um, I mean, you look at Mike Jasicki and how high he skied. <laughs> you know, to pull in the touchdown for Miami in the back of the end zone. Um, so I, I think he just could have squared up a little bit more and maybe gave gave it a chance. But I like the progression. I just like that the stock is is tilted up, you know, as as he's going. And I remember uh, Mark Andrews has said many times that likely is way ahead of where Mark was as a rookie. Mark did not jump out as a rookie. Uh, you know, he he he, you know, shared sure. a lot with, <laughs> with with Nick and all of that. So I mean, right out of the gates. Um, so, so I guess I just like that kind of subtle improvement from likely, and I hope it continues. Yeah, I, I think a couple of likely's things that did not go really noticed. That. He had a 34-yard play, which was 34 of 43 is. yards he had. He had a 4-3 and a 2. Um, but he also drew two penalties, a defensive holding, and and I think the holding was on him. I'm not 100% sure that's true, but also a, a defensive pass interference. That's a big deal, folks. That means yeah. he's beating somebody and yeah. he's getting it. So I don't really look at it as, you know, four or five balls caught. I look at it as as a six of seven. And uh, he certainly got the Ravens two first downs on those plays. The other plays, a little bit shorter. It would have been really nice if he'd hauled in the other pass. But, hey, likely preseason 12 of 12 was probably not going to be replicated against actual NFL defensive yeah. backs. And we've seen uh, uh, after the 0 for 4 against the Jets, obviously terrible conditions. Uh, I'm happy to see likely uh, have a, a, a comeback game like this. I, I would say one thing. I think we need to kind of have reasonable expectations about what Likely's catch radius is. We have not really seen a great catch radius in two games here, and we saw a pretty good one in the preseason. Um, so I think I, I, I kind of want to be careful about what I expect out of him in terms of being able to go to the ground for the football, being able to, to go up high for the football. I might have been more willing to do that during the preseason than now. Uh, and uh, and obviously the, the off-target ball from Lamar, which I really think was more Lamar than than Isaiah, uh, was was a problem. Yeah, I'm trying to look up um, the next guy. I was going to talk about Duvernay, uh, who on offense had a phenomenal game week one, and then on special teams, mm-hmm. obviously right out of the gate. Um, talk about we we said that. Rashad Bateman, his 75-yard touchdown was the second fastest play, according to next-gen sets, of all the NFL. And then who does he come behind? Only Devin Duvernay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really impressed with him. Um, his his um, mentality is quite nice. He He's just as such – he's kind of like Lamar in this way. He's just a no BS kind of guy, blocks out noise, doesn't care, doesn't feed into, like, any of that kind of stuff. Um, the 103-yard touchdown return was obviously phenomenal on his part due to his speed, his vision, uh, his decision-making. But holy moly, did they block well <laughs> on that play. Yep. I mean, there was Christian Welch. There was Patrick Ricard. There was Malik Harrison. There was uh, all sorts of guys. Um, oh, and by the way, since I'm talking about blocking, I want to get your thoughts on Josh Oliver because I was not impressed with his blocking. Um, this game. Um, well, I'll just finish up on DuVernay and then, then I'll ask you about that. So, but DuVernay on the offense finished with, with two for 42. Um, didn't need to have a bigger day than that, but obviously the big 103. And 
Uh, hope I, I will see how his concussion, I mean, concussions are so tricky. You, I mean, they can go away. They can come back. Uh, I hope he's, I hope he's doing well because I think he's been a great number two receiver through two weeks of the game or two, through two weeks of the season. I, I'm looking back to Oliver because it seems like he was in for more than two bass blocks, but that's all I have him measured for. And we, we, we note all the eligible receivers, whether they set or chip block on a by-play by basis. No problems on two plays there. Uh, as a run blocker, uh, I, I don't have any notes that, that call him out for bad run blocking. Unfortunately, Ricard didn't have a real great game uh, blocking this time around but well he he was i saw i saw some really really great blocks and then there was especially at the end i remember he let his guy come through on a rushing play and i'm like of all people that's not going to block well on rushing play how could it be ricard um but i'm seeing one here i had a note on oliver 157 i what quarter is this um it was when lamar had a scramble and Ricard accidentally ran into his guy, and by running into him, he pancaked him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, and Lamar went out of bounds, like I think at the three or something like that. But on that one, um, it was Oliver's man who got pressure on Lamar that that pushed him out. And then I have another one where um, Drake gets a minus five. Oh no, yeah, he gets a minus five plus, but there's a penalty, so it, it did it. It, that the Ravens count. benefited, yeah. but but Oliver got pushed back into Drake's uh, running route. Um, so uh, was I, that an offsides play on that, or was it was what sort of penalty? D twelve maybe? No, no, it was a, it was a face mask. Face mask. Okay, no, that's bad because that means that means whatever he did on the play, it really counts. That was at the end of the game that Ingram got him by the face mask. Yep, so yep, yeah, yeah, that's a that's yeah. a good point. I didn't yeah. I didn't note that, and and we probably should for for plays like that where it's at the end. Uh, Duvernay, two big catches though. Um, you know, 16 and 26, they weren't small ones. So caught both balls. Uh, I don't, he had what, three out of four or four out of six or something the first week round. I want to be respectful of your time here because I know you're getting close to Well, I just got caught away in our talk and I am realizing I do need to leave in 10. I got to take my my son to baseball. So (laughs) I will get you out of here. No no problem with that. Uh, we will skip the mailbag. Any other player you want to talk about before, before we go about, we talked a little bit about Hill already and I'll hit the things he did that it was good. Davis and Drake. I just don't think they're providing much of anything. No, we talked about Davis, especially, um, yeah, I think once J.K. gets back, whether he's cut or deactivated, I, I just don't see Davis bringing much. And we haven't even mentioned him because we're so used to it, but Andrews had another great game. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have uh, – you can maybe not credit a drop to him on that very first – I think it was the first drop. play or first drive. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I counted as a drop, but I saw PFR did not count it as one because um, they had him at zero drops. But other than that, I mean – Look, Mark Andrews does so much even when he's not touching the ball. The way he commands attention from safeties and secondaries is everybody benefits. Duvernay has benefited. Bateman has benefited. Likely has benefited. Everybody benefits whether he's touching the ball or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. In week one, Sauce Gardner was up covering Andrews, for at least in the second half. It might have been in the first half too, which really tells you about – how much they judge these relative threats of right. <laughs> that are that are there. So that was a good one, Sarah. Always a pleasure to talk football with you. Great when we ever we can sit down. I hope we can do this more often than just a couple of times uh, this season. I think you might be on three, two or three times uh, for the season. Three but, total. Two more okay. after this. Yep. Love to love yep. to join you and Bobby for a show, and we Absolutely. can do some cross promotional in our 
um, Blue Wire Platform Partnership uh, That's right. thing. So uh, uh, happy you're, you're, you guys are doing well and, and getting it started. And always great to talk football with you. Tell folks where they can talk to you again online or, or, uh, or read your stuff. At SG Ellison on Twitter, and then the Ravens Vault is on basically every uh, podcast that's out there, and we also put it up on YouTube, so you can check it out in all those places. All right, so are you, are you on YouTube for every single episode these days? Like uh, Bobby, Bobby's taking care of that. I'm pretty sure he's posting all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just we just put that up like a week and a half ago. So. Um, but okay. He does. He's awesome. He does all that back end work. You know, <laughs> so he's great. All right. Very good. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. There's still a little bit of time during the season to get on these. Nice narrow topic, 25 minutes or so. Uh, I'll respond to you right away. DMs are always open on Twitter. Hit me with that. Uh, Sarah, thanks again. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.